Well, this is the final week in a series that we've been in for a while called Follow Me, where we've been looking at the life and the person of Jesus, how he lived and how he led. And we've been really challenged over these weeks to consider what it looks like to lead in a Jesus style and particularly to lay down the things that would cause us to think of ourselves more highly than we ought the things that would stop us getting low and dirty and involved with people, that we've been challenged to be servant leaders over these last few weeks. And that's been really helpful. And I know lots of us have found a place of leadership that looks different from what it did before. But I've um, been wrestling a little bit with that, if I'm honest, over these last few weeks. Um, Because If you're like me, that's not actually the way around that it is for you. There are some of us who need to take everything that we know about how to serve and how to live and be prepared to step up and step in to what God's got for us, to use our influence for the benefit of others and the glory of God, to learn how to be leading servants not just servant leaders. Because that's, that's my story, learning to be a leading servant. I'm not really in danger of thinking of myself more highly than I ought. I'm not really the kind of person who gets carried away with position or authority. I've got a much harder job believing that God would really want to use me in leadership. And maybe that's your story too. And one of the questions that I ask the Lord fairly regularly, do you know, any time that there's a bit of a change, a transition, a new year, a new opportunity, I ask the question, Lord, am I really a leader? Am I? And really what I mean in asking that question is, do I have to? Do I have to? Really? And I think when I ask that question, Lord, am I really a leader? I kind of hope he's going to say, okay, you're right. You're right. Have a seat. You've been doing a brilliant job holding the fort for the bona fide real person that's coming along any minute who really knows how it's done. And you you can go and have brunch every weekend now for the rest of your life. You're done. But I think today the Lord is asking us to lay down that question, am I a leader? And to be willing to consider what it might be like to be leading servants and servant leaders, not steering clear of responsibility or presuming that nobody will follow us if we head off somewhere or that somebody else will stand up instead of us, but be willing to say, Lord, here I am. So how do we learn to do that? Well, can I just suggest that for a start, if right now you are not currently leading anyone, that today you would be up for thinking about that differently. And if we can take it from there, I'm sure there's stuff to learn this morning. We've been seeing over these last few weeks how Jesus is the ultimate leader. He has got it nailed. And if there's a league table, he's at the top. And we are languishing somewhere where Scotland might be by the end of the Six Nations, maybe not even on the table. So so why? Why should we lead? 
Why should we get involved in anything? If I'm not convinced about why I should do something, I just won't bother. That's how I'm wired. And you know, especially in this area, because leadership is hard. Making decisions is hard. Deciding what food to order, what clothes to wear. It's amazing, I left the house this morning with the number of decisions I had to make before nine o'clock. And so being responsible for decisions that impact other people is daunting. Why Why would you lead? Getting people motivated is hard. Getting my children to do anything that I ask them to do is hard. We like to be comfortable. We like freedom. Why would you want to ask other people to do things that they don't want to do? Communicating in a way that everybody understands is really hard. There's always someone who doesn't understand you, who objects, who needs more details, who's got more questions. Slido, anyone? We, I, mean, I don't know if any of you have seen Simon Sinek's talk, Start With Why. His mantra is really, really simple. Once people get the why of what you do, they're in. They'll give their money, their time, their energy, depending on the cause, maybe even their lives, if they understand the why that we do things. And he says, actually, you can park your how and you can leave explaining your what for really quite a long time. If people have got your why, they're in. And Jesus called the first disciples with a really, really strong why. He called them to come and be fishers of men. He was going to give their lives purpose and direction and significance like they had never imagined was possible. The why was crystal clear from the beginning. And then he took the next three years to show them and to teach them the how and the what of what it looked like to follow him. If he told them the how and the what when they were still in their fishing boats, they just wouldn't have got out. They wouldn't, I don't think even Peter would have got out of his boat if Jesus had started with the how and the what. He started with the why. So if leadership is hard, and if we're honest, we don't really want to do it, why would we? Why would we? Would it be because we're called? Well, maybe, but, but for some of us, what even does that mean? What even does that mean? Because we're gifted? Well, that will be true for some, but there will be lots of us that will struggle to see ourselves in that. Is it because we're special? Well, if that's the case, I'm just going to stand back and leave it to everybody else that's around me. Why would we lead? Because Jesus isn't here on earth to do it himself. He's asked us to do it instead. It is as simple as that. He asks us because he's not here in a physical body. And so he wants us to be his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. He wants us to love people. He wants us to get involved in changing stuff. He wants us to be involved in seeing his kingdom come. We lead because Jesus isn't here. Because you know, leadership isn't ultimately about us. In fact, it's not ultimately about leadership. It's about being Jesus in the world. And he led people, so we'll probably have to get involved in some of that too if we're gonna be Jesus. 
Let me read to you how Jesus spoke about some of these things in John 16. We're going to read the message this morning. It's titled, The Friend Will Come. He says, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, but now I'm on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? That's not entirely true. Peter had asked that question, but he'd really only been interested for his own benefit. He didn't really want to understand what Jesus was doing. So he says, not one of you have asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave, because if I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. That righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. And that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the father has is also mine. That is why I've said he takes from me and delivers to you. So Jesus here is saying that the how of living and the how of leading is in the power of Holy Spirit. Francis Chan says this about Holy Spirit. He says, no matter what religious tradition you come from, you likely carry baggage and harbour stereotypes when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's going to require laying aside your baggage and stereotypes so you can be open to what God wants to teach you. Are you willing to do that? Are you? Are we willing to lay aside what we believe thus far about who Holy Spirit is and how he works to allow him to do a new thing, a deeper thing, a more powerful thing for us? Because he's not just interested in us having a good experience at church. He's interested in all of our lives. And Jesus here calls Holy Spirit the friend. And the dictionary tells me that a friend is somebody that we know well and we like a lot. Is Holy Spirit somebody that we know well and that we like a lot? Because that's what we're invited into, a relationship with Holy Spirit that we would know him as the presence of God in us well. And we would like his presence. We would invite his involvement in our lives. And I think this passage invites us to ask a few things of this friend. He asks us to invite the friend to come with us. Friend, will you come with me. In verse 7, Jesus says, it's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. It's better that Jesus go away and Holy Spirit come. Why? Is it like Peter Parker and Spider-Man that can never be seen in the same place at the same time? Is that just why? 
Is it, is it as simple as Jesus could only be in one place at one time and Holy Spirit could be everywhere? Well, yes, true, true thing. But actually, Jesus is still here, got to demonstrate the ultimate servant leader act. He has to go to the cross. Holy Spirit can't come until Jesus has been to the cross, until he's laid down his life for us until he's defeated death, until resurrection has happened. Then Holy Spirit comes and brings this new covenant, life with God in a new day, a new way. So every day I can invite Holy Spirit to fill me and to be with me and to come with me wherever I go. Do you know, Jesus can't buy a house in my street, but I already live there. And Holy Spirit lives in me and can make a difference with my neighbours. And, and Jesus can apply for a job in my office, but I go there every day with Holy Spirit in me, looking to lead me and reach out and make a difference. I can testify to Holy Spirit calming classes of crazy primary school children under my teaching leadership. I can testify to doors opening where we could see no way because I've asked Holy Spirit to come in. I've seen people change in their attitudes because I've asked Holy Spirit to come and to be with me and to help me with the encounters that I have every day. Why would I want to go anywhere without him? He wants to bring every good thing about Jesus into my life and come with me wherever I go. We're encouraged to ask friend, will you show me? Will you show me how things really are? In verses eight to 11, Jesus says that Holy Spirit will say and do true and hard things. He'll say and do true and hard things. He's gonna convict us of sin. He's gonna give us his righteousness. He's gonna deal with the enemy. Some of those things sound good. Dealing with the enemy, yes, please. Conviction of sin, not so sure. Little bit like that friend when we meet them for coffee, always asks the difficult questions, always remembers that accountability that in a weak moment you invited them to, but don't really want. Except Holy Spirit is kind because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Holy Spirit is going to show us things that are keeping us far from him. He's going to expose the stuff that's getting in the way in my relationship with God. And his conviction will invite us in to deeper relationship and to welcome us back where that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need to ask him to do today, to welcome us back into the relationship with him that we have known before. Holy Spirit helps us to see people and to see things as they really are because we can get awful captivated by the sparkly things, the impressive things, the money, the possessions, the achievements. Holy Spirit will help us to see the things that really matter in the light of who God is and of what God wants for us. He'll do it in temptation and in comparison. He'll help me to see the things that really matter if I ask him. But he'll also show me what he's doing in other people. So when I'm saying, Lord, I don't know how to lead here. I don't know who to be and how to be for this person or for this situation. 
Lord, would you show me? Would you show me what you're doing here? Would you help me see this person as you see them? Would you help me see this situation with the eyes of faith that you would have for me? And he would transform that for us. He encouraged us to ask, friend, will you lead me? Because his leadership of us empowers us to lead other people. He tells us that Holy Spirit is the spirit of the truth. Not just so that we'll have brains full of Jesus' knowledge, but so that we would live lives full of Jesus' character that we would know Holy Spirit leading us. And let me tell you how I think leadership fits in. As Holy Spirit leads me, how does that affect how I lead other people? Well, in Matthew 7, Jesus teaches about the rock and the sand. And he says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So it's saying here, I think, that when we hear what Jesus says, when the spirit of truth helps us hear what Jesus says, we actually start to line up our lives with what Jesus has said and we start to lead ourselves. That's who we lead first. And this whole leadership thing, if you don't lead anybody else, you lead yourself. Spirit-filled living is not passive. We are engaged and involved all the time in doing what Jesus calls us to do. He shows us what's right. He shows us what Jesus says and he enables us to live in line with it. There is no point in us trying to lead anybody else if we are not currently doing the things that Jesus is asking of us. Where are the things that Jesus has said that we are not doing? That today he says, come on, Holy Spirit's gonna do this with you, come on. But I do think there's more than just leading ourselves. Matthew 28, the Great Commission says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so the main focus that Jesus gives to us is disciple making, getting involved with others, helping people who don't know Jesus get to know Jesus helping people who are following Jesus follow him more wholeheartedly. That's a call to leadership. It might just be a call to lead one person towards Jesus, but it's a call to leadership for every single one of us. So a question, who am I leading? Am I leading myself? Who am I leading towards faith in Jesus, to greater trust in Jesus? What do those relationships look like for me? Let me show you this uh, picture. You'll probably have seen this before. I hope you have. But I find this so helpful. Um, Really regularly, I would ask the question, Lord, in my relationship with you, my up relationship, what what are you wanting to do with me just now? How do you want to grow me? What stuff do you have for me? And then every maybe couple of months, I'd be saying, Lord, who are the people that right now you're especially asking me to do life with? to live amongst, to invest in, to learn from, and to do life with. And then every couple of months or so, I'd also be saying, Lord, who is there that doesn't know you yet? 
that especially just now I have to have time for. I know I've got my lifelong friends. I know I've got my family. But right now, who is there especially that I should be taking time and care with? And so for me just now, there are four people that I especially think God's asking me to invest in, in relationship that, that are there for the in. And I think this is a time that my neighbours and my team at work, most of whom aren't Christians, are where my out is. And it just helps me focus my prayer and my time. And it helps me think about what my influence looks like. Because, you know, nothing grows me in my faith quite like investing in other people. There's just nothing. Every time I've tried to rule myself out of not having anything to offer other people, God says, come on, let's do it together and I'll grow you and we'll love these people together and what an adventure it will be. It is an incredible honour to lead. We've heard a lot about how hard it is to lead, but it is an incredible privilege to be involved in anybody else's faith journey journey towards Jesus or journey with Jesus. What a privilege it is. I don't know, some of you might know this guy on the left of this picture. Um, yeah, it's not a brilliant picture. I don't know if you know, Colin Sinclair, is, he's the moderator of the Church of Scotland. This year he is a one-man fancy dress party wherever he goes. He looks like that pretty much all the time. I've got the privilege of working with him a little bit this year. And uh, he has bowled me over with his enthusiasm and sense of privilege about what he gets to do. Not this year, not that stuff, but just getting involved in walking with people and leading people and having responsibility for people. Wherever I go, I meet people like me who want to grumble. Do you know leadership's hard this week's been tough. I really do. I've got this thing coming up. I don't know what I'm doing. And this guy has reminded me what an absolute honour it is that God trusts us with other people. He said to every one of us, get involved in my plans and purposes. I want you to be part of my disciple-making plans for this world. What a privilege. Why would we be stepping away from it? Well, it won't be easy. We might not be thanked. We'll definitely be misunderstood. We'll need to walk a path of forgiveness again and again if we're going to lead. But Holy Spirit will give us everything that we need because Holy Spirit gives that's what he does he gives revelation he gives insight he gives us words to encourage us he gives us faith he speaks the truth he brings clarity irrespective of age understanding or experience Holy Spirit gives so we need to be careful that if we're a servant leader who's struggling to see Jesus because our own stuff gets in the way, or we're a leading servant who gets stuck, really not wanting to take on responsibility, we're making it about ourselves rather than about Jesus and what Holy Spirit wants to lead us into on his behalf as his representative. And so the final question we're asked to ask, friend, will you show me Jesus? Because Holy Spirit is a leading servant too. He's not going to draw attention to himself. It's just not his way. He'll point us to Jesus 
And Jesus will show us the Father and we'll encounter God when we invite Holy Spirit into our lives. So why do we follow? Why do we lead? Because of Jesus. Because he's given everything for us. Because he forgives and he restores. Because he speaks over your life and my life. Hope and transformation. Because his grace is enough for my life and to be able to give away. So it could be today that we've kind of forgotten and we've made it about the thing. Or we've made it about us. Our hearts have gone a bit cold or a bit dry. We're not excited about the things that God has for us anymore. And Jesus here would say, invite the friend to come. Invite the friend to come and show me to you again. And remind you of what I'm like. Maybe remind you of what I'm not like so that you would be free to live and to lead in all the places that you go, taking me with you to be transformation, to be hope, to bring life to people. Do you know Holy Spirit? Do you like him? Do you want him with you wherever you go? Just ask again and again and again. It might be time to ask him to show us what he's got for us. Or maybe you already know and it's time for you to step up and to ask him to come with you and to strengthen you for those things. What do we need to ask him to take care of today that would leave us free to do the things that he's got for us? Where have we made it about us and it's time to make it about Jesus again. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're our friend, just like Jesus is our friend. And so we welcome you again. And we choose not to put up barriers or resistance to your work in our lives. And we ask for those of us that need today to know your courage and your leadership to step into the things that you've got for us. Holy Spirit, would you help us to partner with you in everything that you're calling us to? Would you forgive us where we've made it about ourselves? Would you help us to see things as they really are? Would you help us to lay down our own stuff that gets in the way? Thank you, Jesus, that this is not about us, that this is about you. Thank you, Jesus, that it's about your glory and your world and your plans and your purposes. And I thank you so much for the privilege that it is. Lord, would you take how we've maybe been feeling and switch it so that where we felt burden and responsibility, we would know honour and privilege in investing in other people and in leading in Jesus' behalf. And so Lord, in the quiet just now, we ask you to show us who 
what, where you have for us to lead in these days. And Lord, would you take away that question, am I a leader? And would you replace it for us with showing us Jesus and what Jesus wants in his world and help us to join in? Lord, would you keep correcting where our attention is going? Holy Spirit, thank you that you never leave us. Thank you that every single day you lead me and you bring Jesus to me. Amen.